Well, good morning and welcome to Springbrook. It's good to have you all. Thank you for making this. Uh, <laughs> thank you for making this a priority time uh, to be here to honor our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, we did have a great picnic and uh, anniversary, and it's just uh, amazing that uh, God has brought us along this far, has been faithful, and will be faithful. Amen. And uh, we're going to be getting a new series uh, this morning, and it's entitled Life on Mission. It's a six-week series that's going to take us on kind of an adventure, a new way at, at looking at what we do here as an organization at Springbrook. Uh, when you think about it, I mean, you think about all the police and all the firefighters. They, they serve us well, don't they? But we are more important of an organization than they are. Or you think about uh, schools, all the schools that are around here educating our children. Now, now, they're very important, but still the entity called Springbrook Community Church is more important than what they're doing. You think of our U.S. military risking their lives around the globe, coming back injured. Uh, again, we honor them, but still we are more important as an organization. Because all the different organizations I mentioned are based upon this earth, right? Right? The main goal is to keep you alive, <laughs> right? And they do a great job at that. But what about after you die? And some people just think, well, that's it. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. It says there's going to be an eternity, and dependent upon what we believe about Jesus Christ in this life will impact where we're going to spend that eternity. Now, that particular principle is understood by most here. But there lacks an urgency in our hearts to do something about it. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'll get around to my neighbor when I can, or talk to that person at work when I can, or talk to... My mom or dad, it just kind of feels like it's not really real to us. It's, I mean, we, we believe it, but we really don't believe it in our heart. That the ministry that we are part of, God uses to bring people into his eternity. And if they don't choose it, then not. Eternal suffering. And, and it's so important we talk about that because if you don't really understand what you're saved from, there's, there's not a whole lot of urgency, right? No, there isn't. There isn't. Now, what's your purpose in life? That is, of course, something that everybody is trying to figure out 
at different points in their life. Why am I here? How did I get here? Those type of questions, which of course, we love to explain to them about how God made you. And God made you for a purpose. God put certain wiring within us that we have to be doing something for a purpose. And if we don't have that sense of purpose, we fall into depression and just being lazy. Uh, you know, life just seems empty because you don't have a purpose. Now, of course, people fill their many different purposes. But you know what? They tend to come around and serve themselves. But they're the purpose to make my life the best life. But we know what our purpose is, right? Our purpose is to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ and encourage them to become a disciple. That is our purpose. That is the purpose of Springbrook Community Church and other churches in this area that teach the Bible and the gospel. It is the purpose of each individual here who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now just just take a moment to reflect on this past week and think about how many times did you actually process through that? And was there a sense of urgency in any situation? Did you have an opportunity to strike up a friendship or serve someone or show Jesus Christ's love? And, and you made the synapse connections that, oh, yeah, I'm serving God here. Because this is why I'm on earth. And the problem with the American church is we've forgotten why we're here. Things are not in good shape. As we look at the uh, church landscape, we're going to be going through again life on mission. And here's some things I'd love to have you do to get engaged. I just really believe in my heart that if you fully engage in this curriculum and in the messages that are being taught, you really ask the Holy Spirit to do a new work in your life. To do a new work in understanding why you're here. Understanding where you fit along a, you know, a, a missional journey for someone. It's different for everyone. You don't have to, you know, go up to people cold and Share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And sometimes when we talk about evangelism, it seems more like an event. Okay, well, I, uh, I, um, I talked to somebody, let's say, the other day, and I told them I went to church and talked a lot of positive things. And so that was evangelizing. Well, yeah, that's true. Or, or if you even sat down with somebody and presented the gospel to them. But we as Christians, the majority of us are saying, I'm not comfortable with that. And I understand why you're not comfortable with that. 
So I love that the missional terminology is that every day of your life is missional. Every day you are discipling your family, discipling those people who are close to you, and vice versa. Every day is an opportunity, maybe because you're just you're walking through the day, and as I said before, people are watching you, and they're seeing what a Christian looks like and how they respond to the world, and they're watching your attitude on the job. Listen, your whole day is a display of, are you really that missional, right? I mean, are you thinking, my purpose in life is to glorify God, uh, uh, to display Jesus Christ in myself uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, so that people might notice, that people might notice that I don't live for myself. I live for Jesus. I live for others, and we're all on a growth pattern uh, with that. But uh, in order for us to get the full, full uh, uh, effect, one might say, uh, attend weekly uh, for the next six weeks, because that's how long the series lasts. And if you have to be gone, you can listen to it uh, on the web. But it's always good to be here. Uh, buy the small group study. Uh, that's ten dollars. And read the book Life on Mission. That's fifteen dollars. And if you buy them both together, it's a twenty-dollar uh, package, and well worth it. This is a, uh, a series that was put together by uh, Tim uh, Holloway. He is a pastor in Orland Park. It's a huge church there. And when I came across this series, I said, that is, that's what I want to preach. And that's what we need at this time. And so I'll be using his materials, and you'll have a DVD of his uh, thoughts on a particular action step that we're talking about that for a week, and then there'll be a time for discussion. And if you really devote yourself to being at service and being part of a small group, and reading the book, and it's saturation uh, uh, teaching, right? It's the best way to teach somebody is to saturate them with the same ideas and repeating it over and over and over again. And I've never really thought this way about a series and how powerful it could be for our church in in terms of uh, uh, changing our culture, changing the way we look at uh, how we live our lives on a daily basis, uh, to be missional in the way that we live, because that's what God made us for, right? We know that salvation was free, but many people forget about Ephesians 2.10, which comes right after, you know, gift of God, and verse 9. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we're his workmanship, created especially to do good works or or to live missionally, to, to fill our purpose out on this earth. So you were saved from eternal death in order that you might 
tell others about eternal life. I love what Rick Warren says. <laughs> you know, he says, why are we still here on earth? I mean, as soon as a person becomes a Christ follower, I mean, why isn't he just ushered up into heaven? Why do we have to hang around down here? Uh, because, again, heaven's going to be glorious. And he says, well, there's two things that aren't in heaven. And one is sin, and the other is telling the good news of Jesus Christ. So when you think about that, why does God have you on earth? He has you on earth to again live in such a way and reflect the glory of God in any way that He chooses through you and also to pass on the message. It's incredible good news that can change your eternity. Now that's missional living. So it's a holistic type of thing. Sometimes when we think of evangelism, it's, okay, I'm going to do my evangelism, whatever it might be, you know, and then I'm going over to this. And uh, No, it's your whole life. And, and the more you, you think of it in that way, the more purpose you'll have in your life. I know, hey, we all struggle with purpose, don't we? I mean, work on the same job year after year, and, you know, life just gets into a, a slow rotation. Well, again, if you continue to grow deeper into your relationship with Christ and you you wake up every day saying, okay, I am going to be a reflector of Christ. I'm going to glorify him so people will know who he is. And I, any chance I have uh, in my own style, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. The life is short, isn't it? I mean, it flies by. And... I think around my age, you think, okay, this is about it. (laughs) At some points in your life, you know, you think, oh, this is going to happen or that's going to (laughs) happen. Of course, grandchildren, things like that. But there's something about, you know, middle age that you kind of figure it out and say, you know, I've tried my best. (laughs) You know, I mean, I've tried different things out and that kind of thing and, you get to a point where you just kind of accept life. You say, well, okay. Because always you're trying to improve your life, right? You're trying to do something that would make a great difference in the future. And then you say, oh, this is who God created me to be. This is where I'm at. And then when you put the missional type of thinking in there, oh, that superpowers anybody's life. I know many of you work in jobs that you don't like. I mean, you just, you you cry in the way of the work sometimes, (laughs) what you're going to have to face, you know. But God put you there. What do you mean God put me there? Yeah, he put you there. Because the main reason... For you working is not that you're satisfied and everything goes well and you work around wonderful people. The reason you work is to interact with other people who don't know Jesus so they might see how Jesus Christ has lived through your life and have this opportunity comes up to share how they can experience it too. And I know that's it's very hard to do. I mean, 
I sometimes try to do that when I'm really kind of tired and not in the best mood. And it's hard to kind of make a connection, right? But we, we need to do that. We need to, you know, uh, I think it's cool when a person can write out kind of their mission statement and uh, review it right after they get up from the bed or sometime in their quiet time. How many have a mission statement out there? Anybody? Oh, all right. Eric Runk would have a mission statement. Yeah. <laughs> Eric's a principal and, uh, you know, a personal mission statement, right, bud? Very good. All right. Now, why would you take the time to write out a mission statement for your life? You're thinking, man, that's going to take hours. And I don't have much time. You're talking about your life, you know? I mean, really, when you think about it, if you had the right tools, sitting down for one day, uh, our elders had a retreat over the weekend. We had a great time together, and uh, we're up here uh, just north of, northwest of uh, Woodstock. And it was just a beautiful retreat center. And just think about going up there for a full day, that type of thing, and thinking about your life. Thinking about, really, you could, you could do it yearly. I mean, every year you, you stop and maybe, maybe go with your spouse. And you kind of take, a, take a, a look, you know, from a different perspective and say, okay. You know, what are our values? Now, I haven't done this, but I love to give good advice. <laughs> I mean, I've worked a lot on goals, and I've had mission statements and all that thing. I've gone through all that kind of stuff. But recently, I've not done this. But I will do it uh, because, uh, well, whatever. Somebody's keeping me accountable to it. <laughs> but the point is, we are just running and running and running and running and running and running. And it's never like there's some time to stop and say, okay, let's figure out what's going on in my life. What are my values? What do I want to spend my time in? How do I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ this year? Or whatever period of time. And set some goals up for yourselves. Now again, the majority of people will never do that. Because... They're too busy. And I suffer from the same sickness. You know, I mean, if you're the type of person that has to be doing something now, 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 and needs that immediate effect, you know, going away on a retreat like that, uh, is not necessarily attractive, but it's the key thing we need to do. We need to stop and figure out what's going on. So I encourage myself and I encourage you uh, in that practice. So we're made to be missional. Made to be missional. I love this verse. This is one of my life verses uh, from Paul. Acts 20, 24. Now listen to what he has to say. Meditate upon it. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. Now just stop right there. Think about that. Paul saying, I do not account my life 
of any value, nor as precious to myself. He's saying there's nothing that I've accomplished in life. Uh, there's nothing that I'm now working on that's giving me any uh, value. I don't have possessions that I'm, you know, uh, attracted to, and I kind of put my uh, my self-esteem there or other places. He says, no, there's nothing. His only goal is if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, he says, the only reason I'm here on earth, because it's not because of me or anything I'm interested in or whatever, things I'm trying to accomplish. No, no. If only, this is the only thing I want, if only I may finish my course, finish his life, what God gave him, and, and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. We all need to ask God to work that verse into our lives. You know, I mean, really. We say it quite a bit, yeah, you should be the center of the life. and But you really have to make it a, a priority. You really need to ask the Holy Spirit to make it real to you. That this is the main purpose you're alive. And the problem with the American church is, is most of them don't believe it. That's why we're not growing for many other reasons, uh, churches uh, in the nation. But uh, I would encourage you to write this verse down because it really sums up missional living. It says, hey, I have no primary interest in living here. Of course, you have your family and things of that nature. And, you know, God will take you when he will. But the point is, is that the most important thing to me is that I testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Acts 1.8 But you receive, wit, you receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, Samaria and the end of the earth. Again, we talked about this. What do you have to be? What are we called to be? Thank you. Witnesses. Right? And again, many of us uh, fear, uh, speaking of our faith, because uh, we feel that we'll have to be defense counsel. And, and we'll have to have all these answers and have it all together and that type of thing. Uh, and, of course, that's never going to be. We're not going to have it all together at any point <laughs> until we get to see uh, Jesus, but we're just to be witnesses to tell our story, just the simple story about how you became a Christ follower and how He transformed your job. I really want to key on key in on this idea: uh, what is a church's mission? 
And how are we doing at it? Now, this is the state of the church in America. In 1950, 15% of people had no religious affiliation. Just 15%. I mean, 85 were in some way affiliated. In 2010, 60% had no religious affiliation. It's like, wow. And, of course, we've seen it in our culture, but uh, to see it in numbers is like, oh, my. Things have so drastically changed. Now, in McHenry County, this is off the 2010 census, this is how people classified themselves when they were asked. Uh, Catholics are 108,465. And uh, the mainline Protestants, you know, Lutheran, Methodist, Presbyterian, are 29,805. Now, the evangelicals are so special, they have a new numeric on how they count them. It's really special. <laughs> the evangelicals are around 22,360. <laughs> but on the bottom there, unclaimed. That means when they filled out the census form, they, they were nothing. They didn't go to church. They didn't claim any particular type of uh, church affiliation. 143,061. 143,000. Now, this is 2010. That many people said they had no religious religious affiliation. And I can pretty much count it. They're probably not Christ followers. Wow. It's a lot of people, isn't it? And, you know, sometimes we look at the mega churches around. Oh, yeah, everybody's covered. No, not everybody's covered. We can always see brand new churches in this in this area. Because again, certain churches reach out to certain people and Christianity is on the decline here in the United States. And there's such a tremendous need. So when I look at that statistic, when I consider, okay, 143,000 people are out there who probably are not Christians. What does that say about us? Here we've been blessed by God. We have this beautiful building that He's given us to worship in. He's uh, just blessed us over and over as we talked about last week. What is our main job? It's to spread the gospel, right? To the 143,000, you know, many times with churches, it just transfers back and forth, right? <laughs> uh, we were reading a study over the weekend, and just that, like my dad, who <clears throat> was in World War II, uh, the builder generation, they were very loyal. I mean, man, you could count on them. You know, they would stay at a church, good or bad, no matter what happened. Because of all the cultural changes that are taking place, uh, the new generations, you know, again, there's not a lot of loyalty there to anything per se, like there used to be. So the world has drastically changed. And you see, the point of being a missionary is to go into your culture and study it. 
Study the culture. Who are these people? What are their needs? How can we help them? A missionary just doesn't barge in. Well, some have. But they figure out the culture, just like Paul said, you know, I'll be anyone, anybody in terms of I'll adapt myself to reach people. That's what missionaries do. So that's our responsibility as a church to continue to study our culture and find out where the needs are. Find out, again, whatever we can about this area so we might more effectively reach people for Christ. And uh, we'll be doing a lot more of that. In fact, with this uh, new series, we are going to ask each small group, if they would like, uh, to uh, go out and do a missional activity. Could be going to a nursing home, singing uh, to some very lonely people. Uh, It could be uh, working over at the hospital, volunteering in some way. Uh, It could be going to the soup kitchen. And working there, anything, uh, uh, or having some uh, non-safe friends over. I mean, we will give you a list, but again, it's up to you in terms of what you want to do. And then, as they do that, we'd love to have a representative from your group come up and tell about the experience. Because we want to be more missional. Again, the nature of organizations and people are to go inward. And that's happened to us. We've gone inward. We've been concerned about everybody here, but we've lost a little bit of that outward focus. It's there. But what we want to do is we want to be a missional church and we want to open it up. So we're always thinking about ways in the way that we can uh, tell people about the gospel. Peter Drucker was a management guru. And he always said, what was the key to business? And he said, what business are you in and how's your business? So what business are we in? Reaching people for Christ, right? And how can we qualify it? Well, the number of people that come to Christ. This year we've had uh, 35 kids, I believe, come to Christ, which is awesome. Yeah, praise God for that, huh? We've had one student... And again, there are probably been others, but ones we're able to count. And there have been five adults. Now, that's good, but it should be a whole lot better, right? And and it's all dependent upon you. Don't look around. (laughs) Now, I'm not talking about you have to go up and, you know, tell the gospel to them straight, but... You have somebody in your life that you're praying for. You have somebody in your life that you're cultivating a relationship with, serving and loving them. And one of the outcomes of your relationship is you would like to see them have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if you're doing that, you're being missional. If you're involved in outside activities and and you're seeking to use those as ways to... Again, just spread the love of Christ. You're missional, right? You can be missional anywhere at any time. These next slides illustrate how the church can get off track. The church can get confused about what they're doing. So first of all, 
Uh, yeah, that's Asia. Got it? <laughs> our our thirst, thir, thirst place is like a fifth, five-year-old with a couple of teeth missing. And there we go, back to school. <laughs> Come on, guys, that is funny. <laughs> Don't be afraid to laugh. <laughs> it's a set of knives. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to have to interpret these for you. Now, how about that? you got to get that, right? Can you just see a guy standing in front of the door going, I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, looks like the Disney princes have had to, uh, you know, get a little more militant in their uh, travels. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's, yeah. Wow. There's a midfield logo at the 45-yard line. In oh. trust we God. Maybe God will figure it out. There's a good one. I love that. <laughs> and then finally, this is great. <laughs> Who can spell school wrong? The point here is, friends, it's so easy to get sidetracked off the main thing. You're asked to do a job, but you do it wrong, or you're not focused, or, you know, you're not thinking. Well, my vision for Springbrook and the elders' vision is that we would have more clarity of thought when it comes to what our goal is as a church, and as individuals. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much uh, for this time to be reminded of what the purpose of our church is. And Lord, I just pray as small groups engage in missional activities this, this fall, that it would just kind of just spread. And that we would always be thinking about different things we can do to be a part of our community, uh, to become a part of the fabric. Uh, Lord, uh, we love lost people. And I want to see them come to Christ. In your Son's name. Amen. Yeah, we're taking an offering at this time. And uh, this is a really important part of our worship service when you're showing God how much you love Him. It's all about God, how much you're sacrificing for Him, how you're putting Him first in what you do. And uh, I just again want to thank you for your generosity uh, to this ministry. It makes so many things uh, possible as you go from uh, day to day. Uh, hey, what? I, I'm always looking for a video guy. <laughs> now, I hired a video guy in Matt Johnson, and we've got some people helping him out. But if anybody knows anything about video, uh, could you tell me or, or tell someone to tell me? Because uh, we need to continue, continue to build our video ministry because video is very intensive in terms of time and actually uh, pulling it off. Thank you.